What are the pressures for a leader in crisis mode? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're privileged today to be speaking with Bob Carr, CEO of Heartland Payment Systems, to get his advice. Bob, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Bob, there's no question that the Heartland Payment Systems breach was one of the biggest incidents, not just in the past year, but one of the biggest incidents in, in business history. What was your personal reaction when you first learned of this incident? Well, I was shocked and stunned, to say the least. Um, we had just been given a clean bill of health by the forensics companies that were looking into possible issues, uh, and I just couldn't believe it happened to us. Um, of all companies, we were so focused on security at all times and just thought, this really can't be happening to Heartland, but but then immediately, you know, I started wondering, you know, can we survive this? How can we survive this uh, as a company? And you know, what should we do? And there really wasn't any guidance in the books to follow. I mean, when you look back in history, the only thing that would come to mind, I would think, would be Tylenol. Well, I admit that's one of the first things that came to my mind as well when we started thinking about <clears throat> uh, our approach. And actually, I talked to the uh, former CEO of Johnson and Johnson, and, and got some advice from him uh, uh, the week after uh, we learned about this uh, about this problem. So, Bob, professionally, what was your response strategy once you knew that the incident had taken place and you had to react? Well, the first thing I uh, thought of was uh, obviously bringing the senior the rest of the senior management of the company uh, in uh, to discussions um, so that we could all get each other's input on next steps, what to do. Uh, our attorneys uh, were instructed to check all of the laws that related to disclosure and, uh, and quickly learned that we needed to check with law enforcement, which we did, to see if they were middle, in the middle of any investigation that we might uh, mess up if uh, we did make a public announcement. We knew that we were required as a public company to report a material event uh, in an 8K. We knew that, but uh, we checked with law enforcement to make sure that uh, that was not going to be a problem for a potential investigation. Uh, we also <clears throat> uh, talked to you know the, uh, the the senior employees in the company, uh, and decided to make a public announcement uh, as soon uh, as possible, um, and um, which we did uh, the following Tuesday. Monday was a holiday. Uh, we announced it before the stock market opened, and we worked to get advice from those who'd been through corporate crises before. Uh, we hired a, a firm that specializes in this to get their advice and obviously talk to our attorneys. You mentioned talking to the former CEO of Johnson & Johnson, which, which raises the question, where do you go to get cues for how to respond to such an incident as this? Well, for, fortunately, Heartland uh, is a company, I think, that is a model for transparency in our industry. Uh, that's just who we are. It's our DNA. And uh, doing the right thing... Um, I, if we were, if we had done something very wrong, um, 
at least if I had felt that we had done something very wrong, maybe it would not have taken this approach. I don't know. Um, but we we felt like we were the victim. Um, we weren't perfect. And the cause of it, uh, it was not anybody's fault, you know, but uh, our own, uh, uh, in a sense, and we didn't want to try to blame anybody else. So our approach was basically be candid about this, um, tell the truth, tell our employees about what happened and what could possibly happen and what they could do to help us. And then, you know, because of this, uh, not because we wanted it for sure, but basically I was handed a microphone, um, and uh, I used that microphone to talk to our industry about fixing the root cause of the problem of weak security uh, in our industry. Uh, the security approach in our industry has been build higher and thicker walls around the castle and build moats around the wall. And uh, that approach just uh, was the, 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 the guys trying to break down the walls and get through the moats were were uh, spending a lot more time on their <laughs> on their efforts than uh, than the industry had been in figuring out how to build how to build the security. So we immediately we had already been working on <clears throat> uh, ways to encrypt data from the point of entry into our, our system, and we worked very hard and uh, began spending literally millions of dollars to bring a solution to. Uh, our customers and to ourselves uh, for full end-to-end -end encryption and we started talking about this and uh, I was able to lead the effort to form an industry group called the Payment Processors Information Sharing Council uh, that has uh, now been formed and 90 percent of the, of the processing volume is represented in this brand new group that focuses on the, the, root, co the root cause of the problem uh, and just general security and payments industry. Uh, so I, you know, that, that was an opportunity that was given to us. We took advantage of it. And I think looking back now, more than a year and a half, I think it worked pretty well for us. No question. Nobody has been more outspoken on end to end encryption than you have. And that's a good point. As you look back on these 18 months, what do you feel you did particularly well? and how you handle the crisis? Well, I think maybe the best thing we did was not try not to blame every, anybody else for the problem. Uh, we could have uh, easily uh, talked about a lot of the weaknesses in the system. We could have talked about uh, the PCI uh, Council's uh, requirements. We could have talked about a number of different things. The uh, I think being candid about it, engaging the stakeholders in a, in, an, in a credible and transparent way, uh, I think those are the things that uh, helped. And then for us to, you know, uh, work on our solution, our end-to-end encryption solution, and help the industry sort of get their arms around enhanced security. The PCI rules are good rules, uh, but they can be enhanced. And so we worked with a number of organizations. There's been a tremendous amount of communication around not only end-to-end -end encryption, but also tokenization and chip and pin and EMV. And I think, frankly, that we were the leaders in getting that discussion going at the level it's been conducted at. And I'm very proud that we did play that role. I think, you know, it makes me feel like we've uh, taken this uh, 
situation and, and made a positive out of it as much as that was possible. Bob, what, if anything, would you do any differently? Well, I made a comment, which I believe is still true, uh, that the uh, QSAs uh, that come in and do forensics uh, audits, if you will, or reviews, that their reports weren't worth the paper they were written on. Many of the, those folks, of course, took great exception to that comment. I, I could have said, I could have made my point, perhaps, in a, in a less, um, uh, you know, in a, in a more respectable way. I was not trying to uh, be disrespectful, but obviously that statement would imply otherwise. So that's one thing I would do different. And I also, frankly, would have let the stock market know through our earnings calls that our earnings were not going to be able to be sustained that we would be taking some hits in our earnings. Uh, that was obvious to me, but it, for some reason it was not obvious to to Wall Street, and uh, I think our stock got pummeled way more than it should have. Of course, it came back, but uh, I, I would have been more sensitive to that topic as well. So through no desire of your own, you've gone into the history books now about when it, what to do when you're in charge during a crisis. What would you say your biggest lessons learned are that you could pass on to somebody else? Uh, first, don't blame other people, even if you feel like you know, a lot of the blame belongs on others. Um, communicate openly and honestly uh, with employees and customers. Of course, that assumes that you feel like you really did nothing inherently wrong, that you've got to you know, walk into it with clean hands, and which is what I felt and still feel. Uh, be transparent and uh, tackle the major causes of the problem. I think that probably is the number one thing that we did that helped us get through this, is that we, we really went after the problem, uh, ways to, to solve this problem, got the industry together to talk about them, and look at everything that's happened, you know, since. Um, obviously, just the nature of, of, of the breach and the magnitude of the breach got everybody focused on this. So that was part of it. I don't want to take all the credit, but I'm going to take a little bit of the credit for stirring the discussion in the direction of enhanced security methods. And I think two, three, four years from now, we're going to look back and say that, you know, that really did make a major, major difference in improving security in the payments industry. So years from now, if some other CEO calls you up and says, Bob, i got to know what to do in a time of crisis, what's the one piece of advice you're going to offer? I'm going to tell them that the Tylenol model does work <laughs> because we copied. This wasn't our invention, this concept. It was Johnson & Johnson's, and my hat's off to that, that company. Bob, thank you so much for taking time to answer my questions today. And my pleasure. Thank you very much. We've been talking about leadership and crisis management. We've been talking with Bob Carr, CEO of Heartland Payment Systems. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.